recording? Yes. <laughs> Hello? Hey, try number two. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start off. Hi, I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. I'm Skinner. Hey, Skinner. Um, we, we don't know you at all. <laughs> so, also, hi, I'm Stacy. Your podcast so much, though, over like the past like week, especially leading up to this, that I feel like I know you guys. Hey, sweet. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're testing out our new microphones tonight because our audio has been trash lately. Something <laughs> happened. We don't know what. So yeah, I saw you posted um, like a macrame style hanging microphone. Yeah, man. It works so well. <laughs> it looks really great, too. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Now we're working. Uh, I I actually have a mic stand now. Stacy's getting there. Yeah, she's she's got a, a light stand with a clip, so <laughs> it works. Yeah, it's, it's working. As long as it works, you know. Yeah, that's all that matters. So exactly. So I think we have to ask you one question before we get talking about Genesis. Can you hear me, okay, Skinner? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. So. If you had to choose between Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel, who would you choose? That's an excellent question. <laughs> um, I think the most natural response to that is a younger palate would choose Phil Collins. <laughs> okay. Formed and cultured palette choose Peter Gabriel and that's where I reside. Yes! Oh, yes! Oh, <laughs> now, well, wait a minute. Are you talking solo career or era of the band? See, I'm going to say solo career because that's what we were focusing okay. on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's for solo career. That's my answer okay. for the band. I have way more of a convoluted thought process there. <laughs> we would love to hear yeah, it. I want to hear every second of it. Yeah. Also, I have a, one other quick question. How how do you find out about us? About you guys? I think it, you honestly, you probably did a, the hashtag Genesis or like maybe it was when you were doing the battle of Phil Collins versus Peter Gabriel bracket. Perfect. And All my... It just it popped up on my Instagram, and I was like, "Okay, this is for me." Fully <laughs> <laughs> <Totally> invested. <laughs> Hashtags. I love it. Okay, cool. I was just wondering because, like, you're yeah, you're from Philly, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a a bit of ways away from Ontario. So yeah, yeah we were just like, "Oh my god, international!" <laughs> exactly. You're making it happen. You're living the dream. Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> Cool. Uh, tell us your convoluted answer then to, uh, what was it? The um, better era of the band of yeah. Genesis. It's, oh man. <laughs> it's, I, I hate to say it's kind of like you can't have a favorite child. That's <laughs> truly how it feels. Um, because there are elements of the Peter Peter era that just exceed everything. For um, sure. And then there's there's a little sweet spot of, and then there were four, which I have a whole section about in my notes because I was like, I want to fill that gap in. Amazing. Um, when they were primarily a four piece with Steve Hackett still with them for those two albums um, in like the mid to late seventies. That had its 
ton of great content for me too, especially in terms of Steve Hackett's contributions. Okay. That has like a little special place in my heart. But then when we get to the Collins years, Duke is my favorite of their albums. So that means something. Huh. <laughs> um, weird. I didn't expect that. It's because it's, you know, everyone knows the hits. Like if you're, you know, growing up uh, presumably around the same time that we did, I guess, um, you know, just hearing their songs on the radio and then the solo careers of the different members and stuff, you become familiar more so with the Collins era. But then, you know, as an older person getting into Genesis as a whole, it's kind of like, okay, here's a treasure trove of albums to just dive right into. And the Peter era is so content heavy of just bizarre stuff. <laughs> I, I can't even explain it. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more sure to like go through and and be like, okay, he's wearing what? And he's talking about what? Yeah, where's Slipper Man okay. fit in? Call me a Slipper Man is actually a great song. I agree with you. I actually do like that song. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But to be to be completely honest, yeah, I am like I so I I was like I was born in eighty two. So like you know, most oh, of awesome. Yeah. Oh, were you? Yeah, December. Yeah. Nice. June. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, so yeah, I grew up like hearing just the hits, like hits on the, just on AM radio, you know, I I think I would have been like, yeah, like four through eight when they were really like when Genesis was, but that was a completely different era Genesis. You know what I mean? Like my parents always said they were huge Genesis fans and I was like, what era Genesis, Mary and Andy Curry, because I can't (laughs) picture them listening to like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, I guess, like, the lamb lays down on Broadway. Yeah. Like, I can't picture my dad being right. like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, this is my jam. So, <laughs> I think all the stuff that I heard was most mostly, like, the, the later era, like, uh, like we can't dance, or I can't dance era. Genesis, <laughs> yes, so. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's totally understandable, yeah. Those songs and those latter records definitely got... A lot more airplay, I would presume. Yeah, it's not like anyone's slipper man for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like looking back, like because like I didn't know just how huge that '80s Genesis was. You know what I mean? Like like we said in that little uh, mini episode, like they they had like whole days dedicated to them on MTV, which yeah. is insane to me. Like I can't even imagine that yeah. happening now. But well. Yeah, all their videos are so bizarre. For sure. Yeah. I guess they just command attention, and I guess they were also popular in some weird time frame when MTV had time for stuff like that, and, you know. Yeah, like when they begging for content type of deal, just being like, oh, just get the boys from Genesis over. Yeah. But all that was was they would do one hour-long video with Genesis and then just cut it up all day. Right. It's just like, this is we can reuse this. This is great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, But even that being said, we never even had MTV here in Canada. We didn't get MTV until like, oh, God, like 2000, 98, somewhere around there? Unless you had a satellite dish. Yeah, 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 we had much music. Yeah. Much music. I am familiar with much music. Oh, much music was as a concept. As a concept. <laughs> yeah, much music was crazy. Like they did such dumb things. Uh, Stacy, do you remember the tree toss? 
everybody. Welcome to Toronto, Canada. We're here at Much Music Central. I am Ed the Sock. It's the 36th most influential person in Canadian television. Once again, squandering my talent as your anchor for today's tree toss. This is an annual event during which we will toss the Much Music Christmas tree over the roof and blow it up real good. Do you have the uh, confidence in us this year? I have the absolute confidence I have every year that you're not going to get it in. <laughs> Remember, do death comes rebirth. So blow that sucker up. Yes, I do remember the tree toss. I thought you were going to say electric circus, and I was going to get really excited. Electric circus is also <laughs> crazy. Check it, catch it. I can't. Don't, Don't be breaking my nails. Watch your nails, Craig. Watch those. <laughs> so, Monica, who are you cheering for in the Great Cup? You got to tell us. Well, I'm cheering for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because, because I'm from Winnipeg originally, and somebody's got to stick up for the so West. Just because so they're from I the am. West, that's why you're cheering for them? Yes. Well, I'm sorry to say that my favorite team this year in the game will have to be the Ticats. I'm not a Ticat fan per se, but Oski Weeby, Oski Wawa, whatever. We'll see who wins. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. who wins. The Rock yeah, we'll Riders. See. They got it. They got it. But right now, we've got the music. I think we have the music. This is Technotronic featuring, featuring Felly. Up the jam. Uh, if you haven't noticed, most of our most of our podcast is just uh, me being, hey, Stacy, you remember this? <laughs> so we'll stop well, alienating that's Skinner. What people need, so I totally get it. For sure, for sure. And plus, it's just us getting together and just being like, yeah, just that. Remember yeah. Tree Toss? Remember no. every year they would bring back this VJ, Steve Anthony, who lives where we live. He does? He does. Okay. He lives just up the street. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Um, and so he, uh, they bring him back every year and, uh, about three weeks after Christmas, they would like toss their Christmas tree off the building, off the much music building and try to toss it down into a dumpster. Yeah. And wasn't it also hosted by Ed the Sock? It was hosted by Ed the Sock. <laughs> Who was just a, a person wearing a sock on their hand as a puppet. Who was an asshole. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. was the whole stick. Oh. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like you I know, it, <laughs> definitely. We'll post up some like early Much Music stuff surrounding this episode, so you can see some <laughs> wild Much Music clips if I can find them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's, tell us more. I want to know more about Genesis and why you love Genesis so much. Um, it's there's a lot. Um, as I refresh my notes. Um, I guess it, it all started about three years ago. Um, it's the weirdest thing. Are you familiar with the Netflix show Glow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Love it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So there's a scene in, I believe it's season two, when Alison Bree's character and Mark Maron's character are, they find themselves at a high school dance for his daughter that he didn't know was his daughter and that whole weird backstory and the two of them end up slow dancing to Man in the Corner. Which I had never heard before and I thought it was a Phil Collins solo song because it was very you know sort of 80s quintessential pop sound and 
I loved it. I thought it was super impressive. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe I need to investigate this whole Genesis thing a little bit more. And I ended up on just a YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, songs that I remembered of, you know, growing up and, you know, hearing songs on the radio in the car or what have you. And, you know, what sounded familiar to me. And I remembered Turn It On Again being pretty good. So I, yeah. you know, looked up the YouTube video for it and I was like, okay. phenomenal what else you got and then <laughs> i ended up watching um the live video for a song called uh behind the lines which is the first song on the duke album and okay. everything changed from there Sweet. That was the song that absolutely blew me away musically. And I was like, okay, now I get this joy. That's one of the things that's so great about discovering a band after they've been around for decades, because you can just devour all of their albums. Yeah. And go absolutely nuts. Like there's, it's a very, very nice feeling. I love that. Um, yeah. It's like great to experience things that, yeah, so this happened 30, 40 years ago, but it's all new to me and I'll obsess over it all I like. <laughs> so that's exactly what I've done. And it's probably been obnoxious for everyone that I know. <laughs> um, but I haven't really shut up about Genesis for about three years now. And I don't plan on it anytime <laughs> soon. Clearly. Um, You're talking our language. I right love now. it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause that's why I, I love the, the idea of your podcast and kind of how, you know, you feature an artist per episode and you kind of go through, you know, the history, but then also the certain like pivotal songs, um, you know, within those artists' careers and then your takeaways from everything and the context that you have and what those songs kind of mean to you or if they're ridiculous and you can't help but point it out because you really have to. <laughs> the 70s and 80s were For sure. a wild time. So I, I love what you guys are doing. And oh, thank you. I, it's something that I, I wish that I would have had the motivation to do myself for quite some time. And I think don't take each other for granted. I'm going to start <laughs> preaching to you now. <laughs> you have each other to share this with. No joke is like really important because like, even if it is like just for fun and like, there's a lot of ridiculous shit to make fun of. And when it comes to music that came out in sort of that era, um, you both kind of give a crap about it. Hey, and that's nice. Awesome you can share that. And I have absolutely no one to talk about. This. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just in my little like corner, you know, enjoying the tunes that I love and that sort of thing. And then it's just, I, I, I don't really have anyone to share it with. So, um, oh man, we can call you again sometime. Yeah. You could always talk to us about dad music. <laughs> I didn't want to like, 
just lead with that. If that's the conclusion that you want to come on on your own, I'm totally fine with it. Oh, I love it. I'm... I don't want to infiltrate your vision and what you're doing. But There's I would no. Love to. Ooh, yeah, we'll definitely give you a call back. It'll be you'll be like a. Uh, I'm trying to think. You can be the fourth Picaro brother from Toto. <laughs> that. How, however you want to put it, I could. If you want, I could be like your quintessential angry Philly broad that has a problem with X, Y, and Z from the previous episode. <laughs> However you want to spin it. I like that. how I came off in my, uh, my initial Instagram comment when <laughs> I said that my feelings were hurt about your Genesis cover. <laughs> uh, I like that. Just tell us when you disagree with us and we'll just call you. I love it. Yeah. Pissed okay. off Skinner Minute, we'll and, call it. And to be fair, too, like, I mean, I feel like I'm not familiar with the era of Genesis that you love, Skinner. Like, I don't really know that okay. Genesis. I only know the um, the stuff up to when Peter left. So, okay. so I, I'm mostly talking about I'm not into the, like, theatrical proggy Genesis, you know? Right. Because yeah. I just, we have this classic rock radio station in one of the big cities that I lived in for a long time. And they did this feature on Sundays called Psychedelic Sundays and the host would play a full album at like some at some point during the Sunday. It was like eight hours of broadcasting or something ridiculous like that. And mm -hmm. frequently, like more often than not, they would be playing The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. And I was just like, I can't hear this album again. Like, this is nonsense. I cannot with this. It's a double album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so long. On their part. I know. I love it because they're like, they're like, let's let's let Peter like take a stab at it. Or Peter's like, I need I need to take a stab at it. Yeah. And then it's like, bam, double album. Yeah. Oh shit! Don't forget, we're right. doing this wild ass stage show. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, Tony Banks hates it, but he's gonna do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have plenty to say about Tony Banks. Please do. Let me hear. In, 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 first, in defense of the absurdity of, number one, the double album and the concept and the fact that they toured the States playing the album front to back with no previous context because it hadn't even been released yet. Right. Is that not the most 70s rock and roll thing you've ever heard, though? Oh, yeah. It's just a foolish idea from the start but someone in A&R whatever management capacity was just like oh no the fans will love this oh, it's, it's the best it's so arrogant it's, it's the best it's, it's just crazy. yeah it's just four dudes that are uh, I don't know four five at this point oh. five right yeah five yeah, remember because yeah, then there were four. Oh yes okay yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah just five dudes being like yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do that it's, yeah give them money let them do it it's great love it exactly yeah and then you know of course Peter leaves um, and then they have their whole search for a singer which ultimately ends up to be Phil of course um, and then you know they did put out two albums with just them as the four piece with Steve Hackett still at the helm and what I love about his contribution to the band especially on the Lamb album is that his presence and his solos are so commanding of your attention, but without being too obnoxious about it. Like I, when I listen to the Lamb, certain songs, especially um, like Lamia and um, the Chamber of Thirty Two Doors, how obscure can you up and be? Um, <laughs> the, the the 
the tone of the guitar, the effects, everything, it just, I feel like it commands the attention just as much as a lead vocal would. So when, you know, Peter's having a break and it's, you know, an instrumental part, Steve absolutely shines. And it's interesting because he, you'll, you'll see like, you know, photos of them performing, um, even their, their initial live album from, I think, 73. He sits down for a lot of their performances because he just didn't want that stage attention and experience. He wanted to sit on his little amp and curl up with his guitar and pretend that the audience wasn't there because he just wanted to perform the music and then leave it at that. You're just a tender and little guy. <laughs> I, that's how I see him, honestly. Aww. And I, I, I really do appreciate the, the two albums that um, he, I shouldn't say he was leaving the Banksy Walton, but um, when they were essentially a four piece, so it was Trick of the Tail and Wind and the Withering, um, uh that have some really, really nice instrumental pieces. And I think that that is a form of the band that has its own little special value to me. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds cheesy, but I, I like that transition in the period because they're still doing the prog thing, but they're starting to pepper in some hit type stuff as well. Yeah. Some more um, pop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, it's cool because you get a little bit more of the other four members, obviously, because Peter's not there to kind of command as he would have, you know, for the lamb. Um, but yeah, then you get songs like Dance on a Volcano, which is fantastic, and Los Endos, um, which are from Trick of the Tail. And then on Wind and Withering, um, it's still super proggy, but they're starting to get into this weird synth utilization mm -hmm. that you can tell Tony Banks is starting to push the envelope control wise. Um, and then that really comes to fruition in the, and then there were three album. Yeah. I wrote, and then there were three dot, dot, dot million reasons why Tony Banks is in charge now. <laughs> um, Cause it's absolutely absurd. And it's just, so synth heavy that it's the first time I listened to it I laughed I was like this is a joke <laughs> um, like, the, what are they even trying to do it's so ridiculous and then you know you just think like okay so this was like a weird time they had to get it out of their system so they could move on and do Duke but then I, I went back and I, I listened to it more and I was like okay well they did have the hit follow you follow me that was a pretty substantial hit That's yeah. a jam. Um, that's a jam. Right. So that's so they got they got their little like requirement of a single out of the way with that song. But then um everything that Tony Banks does on this album is goddamn hilarious. There Amazing. is a song called The Lady Lies. Oh my god. That could not be more of a 
butt hurt. I got dumped and my heart stomped on by a lady, and I'm gonna write a mythical tale about it and then put it to music. He rescues the maiden fair, but we know she's a demon. Come to lure him to the demon's lair. Through restless foliage and tall trees, he leads to a house in a clearing, a place. Amazing! This oh is right God. up my alley. <laughs> It's about a man who happens upon a distressed woman in the forest who needs his assistance and then draws her into his home. And she's basically like a witch and she's going to kill him or trick him or do something terrible. And um, the last line of it goes, but who can escape what he desires? Like, it's so twisted. Tony Banks. Yeah, Tony, Tony Banks, a goddamn maniac. <laughs> this is example number one of many, but um, it's it's just it's it's a it's a hilarious song of several of its like. Um, there's another couple of them that are are pretty out there in terms of this just weird synth sound. Um, <laughs> I love it. I feel like we need to do a deep yeah. dive into this one. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, which yeah. album is this? Wind and the Withering? Oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, and then there were three. Okay, and then perfect. This, is, this yeah. is post um, Steve Hackett era. And, and then there were three, I think, was kind of like, okay, Tony Banks is going to do a lot of the writing, and um, then we're going to move on and, and not go that direction again for a little while. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. One cool thing about the album was um, it was the first – album that Mike Rutherford actually wrote and recorded all of the guitar parts, which he hadn't done previously because Steve Hackett was obviously the lead guitarist and Mike was kind of, you know, a rhythm guitarist slash bassist slash 12 string guitar, which I know you guys love. Um, <laughs> but I thought that that was really sweet. Like when I was reading about the album and it was, it was a challenge that he hadn't done yet um, with Genesis and they had put out obviously a number of albums. So, you know, up until that point, but he, you know, decided that he wanted to prove to himself and everyone else that he could write and record complex, you know, guitar parts, the solos, all of it. And he did it. And I, I think it actually, it, it turned out quite well in terms of guitars on his behalf. Um, the synth is, it's just a, it's a bizarre <laughs> just malaise that i hated at first but now i love it because it's ridiculous <laughs> oh man i really gotta listen to more of this i know album. and also i love anything too where you're like i hate it but love it at the same time or it's like yeah. i love it because it's weird i love it because it kind of sucks you know <laughs> exactly yeah, cool. like that's the first the first time i listened to that album i was like this is not going to be on my regular rotation but like this past year especially i, I don't know maybe it was lockdown making me go crazy or something but i was like i'm gonna revisit this and just give it a chance now i, I love have a goddamn t-shirt like not gonna lie <laughs> yeah you have a then there were three t-shirt yes <laughs> can you would you send a, this is up to you and i can cut this out of the podcast easy but for the mini episode can can you send us a picture of you wearing that shirt i can or just the shirt you don't have to have your face in it 
It's up to you. No, I'll absolutely do it. I think it's hilarious. I'll absolutely do it. Perfect. Perfect. Amazing. We're also going to put this out like this week as an apology for the last episode uh, uh, being such garbage recording. Basically recorded in a portal of some kind. I don't know what happened. Yeah, we have no idea what happened. (laughs) It's a shame because I I loved it. When I saw you were doing um, Steve Winwood, I was like, yes. Yeah. And then I was listening to it actually in the shower, so it's like a weird echoey chamber anyway. And then I kept on, I was like, oh, I got to turn Stacey up. And then it was like, ah, shit, the neighbors can hear it because it would like come back in. But it was was a shame because I I thoroughly enjoyed everything in that episode. Oh, thank you. The clapped in parts, but I totally agree about... um, the, the goddamn lockdown song. Oh, it's the worst. Lockdown song that he wrote with Van Morrison. Yeah, like no it's thanks. Like, <laughs> he just keeps. If that's the thing. Every time I feel like I'm gonna like be like, all right, well he's atoned and he's done his his and apologies and whatnot. And then I'm just like, god damn it. Then he just fucking ruins it again. And I'm like, whatever. I'm just gonna. I just don't like Eric Clapton. Yeah. Now. Don't yeah. need to like everything. Right. No. <laughs> I, and I do. I do recall like you know he's he's been. You know, he's put his foot in his mouth, among other goddamn things, um, <laughs> over the years. But For sure. I grew up, I grew up in a house where Clapton truly was God. Like my mother is hands down the biggest Clapton fan of all time, and she's just as passionate about the music that she loves as I am. Yeah. Like this, I get this entirely from her. <laughs> oh, um, that's the in best. In terms of just like being like a crazy, crazy music like nut. Um, <laughs> But that's like I, all of Clapton's music, especially in the late '80s, early '90s, where there was that sweet spot, where he worked with Phil Collins on a number of his albums, where Phil did production as well as tracked a bunch of drums and stuff. So there's um, there's about three albums um, from like '86 to '91, I believe, of Clapton's that Phil Collins had a big part in. They were very close friends. They lived quite close to each other. And, oh, fun fact also, um, (laughs) Daryl Hall (gasps) has a duet with Clapton uh, on the Journeyman album from, I think, 1989. The song is called No Alibis. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Holy shit. Yeah? It's so good. Okay. It's so good. I can can plug my Um, nose on some Clapton and check out some Daryl Hall. Yeah, yeah. That's, I figured, I'm like, okay, there's a little loophole there um, with Hall in attendance for that song. But, um, yeah, that's... I, I love that that era of and Steve Winwood was a big part of that too. Yeah, for sure. Roll with it, and it, it's it, that very nice little period of time from the late '80s to early '90s where these you know previous you know rockers from the '60s and '70s like ventured into like okay we're gonna keep our rock but we're gonna put a little bit of synth in there and a little bit of pop and we're gonna wear suits that are shiny <laughs> and way too big for no reason <laughs> and everyone's gonna love it yeah and they did and i still do yeah so i i understand though that clapton he there's some problems there i was a morrissey fan first and foremost for oh like, yeah jesus i don't know how many years since 
I guess the early 2000s. So I know sure. how awful your musical heroes can be and how much they can disappoint you. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Morrissey's become quite the shithead as of the last, like, five years. It just sucks. Like, is it so hard to just be a good person? Like, is it really that hard? (laughs) I mean, Morrissey's... Because... You go. He went from... Okay, sorry. (laughs) He went from writing songs from this, like, you know, working class, you know, oppressed that whole Manchurian thing and, you know, being, you know, this pillar of, you know, strength and individuality and, and love, um, with the Smiths and everything. And, you know, obviously he, you know, is responsible for a lot of really sad music. People gravitate towards it and people love it and embrace it because it helps them deal with their garbage totally. emotionally. Of and course. Then, and then you give the guy whatever it is, money, power, whatever it is that makes him think that he can just spew his convoluted, <sighs> hateful, ignorant, unfortunate garbage out there. Yeah. And it's just it's such a it's such a disappointment. And it sucks because I would have stopped seeing him live. Um, but I made the mistake of turning my mother into a fan of his. So now she feels like she has to cu- catch up and see him as many times as I have. And I'm like, uh, so I did see him. Uh, he toured with Interpol in uh, 2019, and I did see that show, but wow. only because my mom really wanted to go. I, I ate meat to spite him that day, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Awesome. Um, all right. We got to record another. Oh, hold on. I have one more question okay. I want to ask Skinner because I'm just still so butthurt around the, the results of the bracket. I'm shocked that I lost. I feel it was rigged. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but I want to know if you had to choose like um, your top Gabriel song or your top Colin song. You don't have to choose both, but just off the top of your head, like a top Gabriel song and a top Colin song. Oh, are you telling me to refer to my portion of my notes entitled soft focus question mark? Yes. Yes. Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> for, uh, for PG, you actually played um, one of my top uh, PG songs, <gasps> um, uh, White Shadow. Oh, it's oh, so yeah. good, right? It doesn't sound anything like 
any other song that he's ever done. Yeah. But I absolutely love it. Plus, uh, Timmy Capella was his touring saxophonist and keyboard player at the time. And there's um, there was a series in Germany, I guess, in like the seventies called that like Rock Palast. Okay. And if you go if you go onto YouTube and you're looking for videos of Peter Gabriel, the New York Dolls, quintessential like 70s good stuff, um, and, and you're looking for live stuff, you'll see a lot of this like rock palace, like they, I guess, this German. Program just had like every great band of the time, and there's oh, a live performance cool. that they recorded, um, and you can see like a very young Tim Capella playing sax and keys, um, and it's just a cool. It's a very cool, um, just live performance from that Scratch era, I believe. Scratch or Melt? Uh, that was on Scratch. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I recommend it if you feel like going down, like, a YouTube rabbit hole of, like, a nice vintage Peter Gabriel performance. Check that out. That sounds um, cool. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, also, I love uh, Mordebun the Burgermeister, his first song from his first album. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a sucker for Steam. Yeah, man. Yeah, Steam I is so Steam. good. <laughs> good one um and then also he uh, he did a song on the edward snowden movie soundtrack oh yeah sounds really weird it's called the veil um it came out like four years ago i want to say yeah that's an excellent song too of like a, a contemporary peter sound which i really enjoyed damn i'm excited i've never heard that some say you're a patriot some call you a spy That deserves to die in the heart of the free world. Yeah, it's it's definitely um it, it surprised me too because I feel like a lot of times when you're looking at you know catalogs of people that were had their, their heyday, so to speak, back in like the seventies and eighties, like you know, Peter Gabriel, Kate Bush, you don't you're not super enthused to hear some of their more recent stuff because you, you kind of expect it to not be that great, but I was pleasantly surprised with that song. Cool. Um, for Phil. Yeah. What do I love by Phil? <laughs> uh, something happened on the way to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> song to jam. That fantastic. <laughs> Definitely, um, 
that song and um, Missed Again because it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to... stupid. What's Missed Again? It's got the saxophone. Did I miss again? Oh, yeah. I no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Um, love that one. And then from... Oh, I'm trying to remember. There's one more film that I absolutely love that I have to remember because it's going to drive me absolutely nuts. It's on But Seriously. Oh. Uh. No, I'm sorry. It's track nine. Inside Out. It's got that huge drum sound that um, was, you guys actually talked about this, um, that was like that quintessential early fill sound. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the gated reverb on the drums, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's big. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of like, if you want a fill song that like absolutely like bangs inside out. Sweet. Love it. I thought you were going to say, I don't care anymore. Where he says, he sings it like this. He goes, I don't care anymore. <laughs> don't <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love it's that song. <laughs> it's a great song. I just love the way he says, no mouth. No mouth. it's great he's he's got to get his anger out in some capacity but he can't help but sound ridiculous in the process exactly That's what I like about the early, like, first three Phil Collins albums. Like, he's so heartbroken, but then he gets so petty and so shitty sometimes, and I love it. Just yeah. a tiny little angry yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. A little angry gremlin. I mean, the whole story that he paints with misunderstanding, obviously, you know, it's it's a, gen- it's a Genesis song, quote-unquote, but yeah. that was literally just like, I wrote a song about my wife cheating on me, and now you're all going to know about it. Yeah, yeah. While we drive around in the back of a convertible. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, This is so much fun and I want to do it all the time. Deal. (laughs) I'm going to say new friend. Yeah. New friend. (laughs) International new friend. friend. I've never had one of those before. Awesome. Okay, cool. We will definitely be talking to you again um we'll let you know i don't know we'll just tell you some ridiculous topics anyone that uh you're like yeah i like that we'll be like all right let's let's do this let's yeah i'll absolutely i'll I'll continue to you know throw my two cents at you whether you like it or not i swear to god i'm not an internet troll and never have been in my entire life but (laughs) all good lighthearted subject that i actually love so i'm like i'll I'll tell you how i feel about it Cool. We love all opinions, as long as they're not hateful towards people. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. We're good to go. Yeah. (laughs) Totally understood and agreed. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, nice meeting you, or at least uh, e-meeting you. Yeah. Exactly. Likewise.
Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk soon, Skinner. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Deal. You have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Can you roll? Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> so now we just have to find a way.